0: So this week, we are going to continue the series that we started last week. Yeah, great. It's up there called A Day with God. And the premise of the series is really simple. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to spend our time looking at some of the most ordinary moments of our day and discerning where God might be at work in the midst of those moments. Recently, I have been, I've been struck by what I think is a truth. Maybe we'll find out during this series. But that there is no moment, no task, no routine that is too small or too ordinary to not reflect God's presence or God's work in our lives. Last week, we started the series by looking at the moment that we wake up. And this morning, uh, today, we're going to look at the moment... In the morning when we brush our teeth which I think is about as ordinary and routine as we can possibly get and I'm trusting that all of you brush your teeth in the morning is that a fair assumption to make I feel like it should be Uh, it's riveting stuff I know but again that's kind of the point right looking at the most routine things that we do in our day the most mindless things that we do and asking ourselves where is God at work in the midst of that of that moment This morning, our scripture readings are going to look a little different. We're going to kind of read a couple of verses throughout the sermon, but we're going to start in Luke chapter two, it's verses 41 through 42. And it's one of the few glimpses that we get into Jesus's life in between his birth and the beginning of his public ministry. So let's read it together. Every year, Jesus's parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. So much of life is habitual, isn't it? Habitual maintenance, specifically with our bodies. I've kind of realized this the more I thought about that moment that we are brushing our teeth every morning. Our lives are Are consumed with the habitual care and maintenance of these physical shells that we spend our days in. I mean, if you think about it, we have to clean them, we have to feed them, we're supposed to exercise them, right? Some weeks I'm better at that than others. We have to rest them or or we pay the price, don't we? Over and over and over again. Every day, all of us, I'm assuming, have some slightly different habitual rhythm. For how we take care of our bodies on a daily basis, but I'm betting that most of us probably around the same time every morning and every evening we all brush our teeth. For me, it, it is a mindless habit that has been ingrained in me since before I can I can remember. My grandfather was a dentist, so I grew up having him clean my teeth and teaching me how to brush my teeth. And I am very proud to say that I did not get my first cavity until I was 27 years old. That's a pretty good run, folks, 27 years old. And look, even though it's a mindless habit, there are multiple reasons why I still brush my teeth because I make that decision every morning. I know that I need to brush them. I brush my teeth so that I won't have bad breath during the day right nobody likes somebody that has bad breath i brush my teeth so that my teeth won't decay i brush my teeth because i want to be an old man that can still crunch on chips and eat hard shell tacos right like i want to still have that pleasure in my life and and those goals are the same reason why madison and i my wife have begun to brush our one-year-old's teeth after bath time every every night Because we don't want him to have bad breath. And we want him to have healthy teeth when he grows up. It's why we clap and we cheer and we go ballistic, right? When he lets the toothbrush touch his teeth for half a second, right? Because we want it so badly to become a habit for him. Even if that habit starts really, really, really small when he's just this age, because I think we all know deep down that when it, when it comes to habits, when it comes to those little things that we do every day in our lives, it's the little things that eventually add up to the big things. We all brush our teeth every day because we want to have good, lifelong oral hygiene. We try to make good choices with food every day because we want to live a life of health and a life of well-being, right? Right? We go out and run two miles because we have our sights set on that marathon that one day we're hoping we're going to be able to run. Or maybe it's a half marathon for you, right? But, but something, you get it. We want to have a strong marriage. So we prioritize the little things every day, like making eye contact with each other, or making sure to make time for a date night, or emptying the dishwasher, even when you, don't, when you don't feel like it. Wrapped in all of those things and really so many aspects of our life, is the belief that it's the little things that eventually add up to the big things. That, that those, those little habits that make up our life, they eventually lead to something really big for good or for bad. Another way to put it is that what gives us the ability to do something big eventually is the discipline to do something small consistently. I wonder if you just took a step back from your life and tried your very best to be an observer of yourself, what would you notice as your daily habits? What would you notice as the small things that you mindlessly do every day on a consistent basis and then ask yourself the question, do they match the big things that I want to accomplish eventually? Because I think we all know, right, again, that what gives us the ability to do something big eventually is the discipline to do something small consistently. And we see that in the life of Jesus from the very, very beginning. In Luke 2, that passage that we just read, we learn that every year, every year, it says, Mary and Joseph would take Jesus from Nazareth to Jerusalem for the festival of passover it was a habit scripture even tells us that it's a habit but we miss it because of how the word is translated in verse 42 this is what it says when he was 12 years old they went up to the festival according to the custom that word there for custom is the greek word ethos and you can translate it as custom but the second translation for it is habit As was their habit. When he was 12 years old, just like every other year, his parents took Jesus up to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover because it was a habit for them. Even Jesus had it instilled in him from a very young age that spending time with God was something that should be habitual in his life. And I think we see him reflect that throughout his ministry. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, we see this moment for Jesus. And I think the reason he does this is because of the habits that were instilled in him by his parents long ago. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. From early on in Jesus' ministry, Jesus had this habit. This habit of going off to a solitary place and spending just a few moments with God. And I can't help but believe that this habit for him as an adult is rooted in the habit that his parents instilled in him as, as a child. And we see it over and over and over again throughout the ministry of Jesus that he habitually, over and over, that he spends time with God alone. Away from everyone else This to me when when I read this and when I read the story of jesus's life I realized that going off to a solitary place to pray was something that was ordinary For christ And here's what I couldn't get out of my head this week If jesus needs to do this How much more do I need To do this if jesus needs this time early in the morning, away from everybody else, time spent in prayer and in Scripture to connect with God. If Jesus needs that, then how much more do I need that? And my guess is that if Jesus needed that, then you need that too. I don't feel like I have to stand up here this morning and, and convince you that, that this is important. Or that you need to do this. I don't feel like that I have to convince you that that spending time in the morning with God away from everybody else should be something that is habitual for you. Something as ingrained in you as brushing your teeth. Because I think you already know that. I think you know that this is an important practice that should be a part of your daily routine. I think you know that that something just happens when we do this, that the Spirit moves in some mysterious way when we allow ourselves to consistently be in the presence of God. I think you know that it's important. I think you know deep down that it's worth your time. Instead, this morning, I want us to ask the question, how, right? How can we actually make this a habit for us? What does it look like for us to start a habit of reading the Bible regularly? How can we make it a habit for us like we see so clearly that it was a habit for Jesus? How can it become such an ingrained part of our life that it feels like brushing our teeth, just a part of our day? Because if you're like me, then you have tried to make this a habit and succeeded during certain seasons of your life, but ultimately something has led you to stop. So how? How do we start this habit? If we know it's so important, how can we actually be a people who are, who are doing it? I think the most important thing, that the number one thing that we have to do for ourselves if we want this to be a habit for us is we have to make it easy On ourselves I think that's the most important thing for us to do in the beginning if if we want to start this habit and it might sound obvious but I think typically we do the opposite when we're trying to start a new habit for some reason we feel like we need to go from zero to a hundred or at least I do when I'm starting something new we go from not working out to doing P90X every day and then we don't work out the next day because we can't walk the next day right and we're not a marine or we want to start eating healthy, so we go from eating whatever we want to eat to telling ourselves that we're never going to eat any of the foods that we actually like ever again. And we're never, ever, ever going to eat sugar again. And then we expect that to work. We expect ourselves to be able to stick to that. Or we say, I want to start reading the Bible every day, so I'm going to commit to reading this giant book in 90 days. Or, or I'm going to wake up at 430 and I'm going to spend 30 minutes in silence reading the Scriptures. For some reason, we make it so hard on ourselves in the beginning, and then it ends up not taking. It ends up not becoming a habit. We expect that to work, but at least for me, my experience is that that has never, ever, ever worked for me. The simple advice for you this morning is you begin to think about how you can make this a habit is to set yourself up for excess by making it easy on yourself first. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to challenge you to start the habit of reading Scripture every day if it's something that you don't already do, isn't already a part of your routine. And I'm going to challenge you to do it by, by doing these three really simple things. Okay, And I think there are three really fair things to ask of you this week. So the first one is this. Make a reasonable commitment. Make a very reasonable commitment to yourself about how you're going to do this. So here's what I would suggest. Five minutes a day. Commit to sitting down and reading the Bible five minutes a day. Unless you are the president of the United States, you have five minutes that you can spare in your day to sit down and do something different from what you normally do. I would recommend that you start with the gospel of Mark. Because that is a short gospel that will take you through the whole life of Jesus. Five minutes a day reading the gospel of Mark. Start off by making a reasonable commitment. The second thing is this. Make a reasonable commitment for a set amount of time. Most of the research out there shows that the amount of time it takes for us to start a habit, I'm sure many of you know this, is 21 days. Don't commit to this indefinitely. Commit to it for a set amount of time. So, for this, commit to reading scripture for five minutes a day for 21 days. And then the third thing is this. In the midst of that, regularly remind yourself of why. Regularly tell yourself in your head, have a mantra, or maybe write it down somewhere where you see every time you pick up your Bible to read why you want this to be a habit in your life. And your why might be different than my why, but here is my why. Here is why I work to make time spent in Scripture a daily habit for me. Because my experience is that when I spend habitual time in the Scriptures, It both informs me and it reforms me. When I am regularly reading my Bible, it informs me about who God is and how God has worked over the course of history. I begin to remember who God is like and and what God is known for, right? It's kind of like what we sang about. I can see suddenly that God is faithful and that God is good, It informs me about who Christ is and about how Christ lived and about how Jesus calls us to live in response to that. It even informs me about about myself. When I read Scripture, I begin to understand my own call and my own relationship with God in a different way. I begin to see my story intersect with the story of Scripture. When I read Scripture, I know that I'm going to be informed about all of those things. But I'm also going to be reformed. I've realized over the years that Scripture informs my mind, but it reforms my heart. Because reading this book, it'll, it'll change you. It'll challenge you. It'll, it'll speak to you. God will use this habit of spending time in the scriptures, even if it's just five minutes away, to change you, to make you into something new, to completely reform your heart. And if you're like me, you're still a work in progress. And if you're like me, you know that you constantly need to be reformed, to be shaped and molded, by God. That's the why for me. That's why I try to make it a priority for me to pick up my Bible each and every day and spend time in the scriptures because I know that it won't just end for me. It will actually change me. It'll mold me into something that God can use and grow and call. Trusting, right? Trusting in the midst of all of that, that what gives us the ability to do something big eventually is the discipline to do something really small consistently when jesus is 12 years old in luke 2 what we read earlier his parents they take him to jerusalem for the passover festival and the scripture tells us that the reason they went is because it was their custom or because it was habitual for them It was habitual for them to practice their faith together as a family. Twenty years later, Jesus finds himself in the most pivotal evening of his life. He leaves the last dinner that he's going to share with his friends, and he knows what is about to happen. He knows that he is going to be arrested. He knows that he can prevent all of this from happening. And he has to decide, do I go forward with this or not? He leaves dinner, and this is what he does. It's in Luke 22, verses 39 through 41. He came out and went. As was his custom. Y'all, this is the same word that we find in Luke chapter 2. Ethos. As was his habit. As was ordinary for him. To the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down. And prayed at the most pivotal moment in his life. What I believe is the most pivotal moment in the whole trajectory of human history, right? What does Jesus do? He gets down on his knees away from everybody else and he prays. Why does he do this? I think he does this because some 20 years ago, His parents made it a habit for him to practice his faith, to spend time with God each and every day. So, of course, when Jesus finds himself in Jerusalem 20 years later, of course, he just does what comes natural to him. He does what he has been doing his whole ministry, he leans on the habits that he's already built. It's the little things that one day give us the ability to do the big things. Five minutes a day. 21 days. It's small. It's little. It's the humble beginnings. It is simple and ordinary. But hopefully at the end of 21 days, it will be as ingrained in us as brushing our teeth. Because we know that it's the little things that add up to the big things. And and I know that this little discipline, that this tiny habit, that it could one day give you the ability to do something really, really big. My hope is that the next time you brush your teeth, hopefully tonight, that you will be reminded that the smallest of habits can lead to some God-sized things. Five minutes a day, 21 days, there is no telling what God will do with that habit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning in to our message this week in the gathering. We hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website. There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.